Um, one of my favorite examples of this is the phrase roll a tune from World of Warcraft. Oh. I'm going to roll a tune this weekend, which means make a new character. Yeah, the, the tune characters phrasing. are tunes because they're little cartoons. It's yeah, my tune. no, that I but, only see But that. you don't roll characters in World of Warcraft. There's no roll button. Roll means to roll up, to create a new character, yeah. right? So it has this, this uniquely wow aspect and this uniquely tabletop aspect mm. in a way that as a sentence sounds to me like you're going to rob Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to just hit him in the parking lot and take his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Nathan Paletta. I'm a game designer, self-publisher, and graphic artist. My name is Will Hindmarch. I'm a writer, narrative designer, graphic designer, and game designer. What are we talking about on the Design Games Podcast this week, Will? This time we are talking about jargon and terminology, and I only capitalized one of those words. When you use the word much, are you capitalizing it? How much is much? How much is most? Does most mean 51%? 50.1%? How many is most? Or is it just more than the other? More than, than, more the, than the other. More than isn't. Most is more than not. We have what? Much? Well, does it go much, most, all? Or does it go most, much, all? Much is small out of those three. Out of those much, three. Much, most, all. So much could be like 30%. <laughs> Let's talk Yeah, sure. Some. Sure, yeah. Okay, so... Is, some, is some, much, most, all. Some, much, most, all. So... One could imagine a game in which it matters whether you roll much of your dice or most of your dice. Some of your dice, many of your dice, many much, same thing. It's a question of jargon. We'll get into that in a second, but they're on the same level in the sure. game. Some, much of your dice, mm-hmm. most of your dice, or all of your dice. Well, and that's, so, a, that's a stakes-driven game. Well, riddle me this. That game also has a mechanism whereby I can give you minus two dice to your roll my roll it to my total my pool well that's what so we have to differentiate right? yes yeah and that's why one of them would be so all capitalized mm-hmm. would be what you have available plus or minus any modifiers given you by other players mm-hmm. while all not capitalized would just be the literal physical number of all of the dice that you have at the table at the table so if i bring more dice one week than the next week the game changes yes okay while if you're making an all roll and it's capitalized all and I've given you minus two, then you're going to take all of those, take two out and then roll them. Right. In that case, my pool and my roll, capital R, R O L L, are the same because you have reduced it by two. Mm-hmm. But if you reduce by two when I'm only rolling some of my dice. Right. And I'm and let's say some is I have a, I have ten dice and some is two, twenty percent. Sure. And you reduce it by two, now I'm rolling zero dice. Mm. Or you've reduced the pool by two to eight. So if I roll all, I'm only rolling eight dice. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So these are all little hooks and options we have. And imagine a character build where you give a number to, for whatever reason, you give a number to some. So you have a two, your sum pool right. is two, my sum pool is four, his sum pool is six. Right. And then, so when you roll some minus two, you'd roll zero, I'd roll two, et cetera. Right. Right. And there is a very confusing way to get at this idea but it's very plain how? language how could that be confusing it's very plain language it should be very it's very easy to understand plus look at it on the page everything's capitalized i can tell what everything means it's easy so we should just use all natural words is what you're saying all the time so no jargon none i like used i used capital. all my jargon when i was working on vampire i'm out of jargon that's not true i love jargon if all is all of my dice and i have the pool of all of my dice yes does the pool get larger? Does my sum value change? Does my much value change? Like, how does that change over time? Well, What's if, the it's, if they're percentages, then it's all automatic. And if, then, it's, if it's hard numbers, right. then you start to get into my natural understanding of what these words mean 
is starting to disassociate from what this game is using the words to mean. Let's say that we're using 10-sided dice. Okay. Okay. 10-sided dice. Well, I have 10 of them. Okay. Okay. They're not percentiles. They're just 10-sided dice. You have 10d10. 10d10. Some, much slash many, which that slash is so sweet. Oh, I love it. It's such a great example of why jargon and terminology can be so important. Most and all. Okay. Okay. The result. I'm going to difficult- try to do this without writing anything down. Exactly. The difficulty scale is based on the percentage out of 100, because it's a percentage, but out of the total number that I could possibly roll if I rolled a 10 on every die, all of my dice rolled a 10 and I got 100. Okay. The difficulty scale is based on that. So how hard is it on a scale of like 1 to 100? <laughs> well, so if you succeed on a roll, if it's a roll over yeah. system, right, and you succeed on a roll with some of your dice, it's much better for you than if you succeed on a roll with all of your dice. Right. Success or fail is the binary based on whether or not I rolled over the difficulty. Right. Quality of success is how few dice I used to do it. Right. <laughs> okay. And so now we're getting into a very Byzantine But think of all the information that comes out of this. Yeah, that gives you a lot of different vectors to figure stuff out. Now I can make this even richer. Instead of some much... Some of, some of the dice are royal. So the royal dice... Right, they're wild dice. Sure. Yeah. yeah, wild dice and royal dice. Okay. Because it's a fantasy setting. Right. Because duh. The wild dice indicate the presence of barbarians, that they come in from the wild, or druids, or whoever you like, rangers, sure. And the royal dice indicate that paladins or warlords or sure. dukes or whoever it mm-hmm. is, they're coming in from, from the capital. Yes. Different classes have different terms for each of these main... So like some is a glancing blow for a martial class, right? Okay. And all these four terms have different subterms. Yeah. So some is a palpable hit. <laughs> is a minor spirit for the summoner class. Right, right, right. Mm. Yeah. So that you really get the sense that each class is different. So if you get a if you if you summon a minor spirit with all wild Right. Dice. Right. With all of your wild dice. Right. Cuz you have multiple pools now apparently. I, that's what I've just cool. decided. So the the martial class can get a glancing blow with if they use if it's all with their wild dice. Oh, I see. It summons feral bears. Yeah. <laughs> so the war, so the, the the martial class if they succeed on a roll with some dice mm-hmm. is said to summon feral bears. Yes. While the sure. summoner class if they succeed on a roll on a, on a sum roll with wild dice summons a fire spirit. Yeah. And then later in the module, it'll say something like, when feral bears appear, this happens. And that phrase, when feral bears appear, is consolidating 12 different elements of mechanical information right. that happen at the table. Right, into, into that one if-then switch conduit that the GM can use to figure out what to process what's going on and keep the adventure moving. Right. Right. As Almost opposed a to saying, yeah. if a martial class rolls some dice and succeeds with all wild, that is one place where your jargon use mm-hmm. can end up for the, I use educated in the sense of someone who's gone to the time and trouble to really get to, to get in with the to, jargon to gain some mastery yeah. of the game yeah to the educated player the density of information is can be very dense if you have a sufficiently complicated or complex or diverse set of inputs and then the ability to translate that into a small phrase or a, a small amount of outputs however attaining that mastery can be difficult 
and even discussing the level of mastery different or congruent at the table can be difficult if the jargon means that the ordinary conversation that is attempting to take place cannot take place in the presence of the game because I can't tell if you're speaking in or out of character. Wait, so 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 are you making an all roll or are you just saying you're getting or all Or are we all making a roll? Or are we all making a roll, <laughs> right. I just want to point out that, that this little system that we designed inherently makes me think that you're not playing, it's not a role-playing game, it's a kingdom-playing game. That's mm. why, right, you were playing Gondor and Rohan and sure. that determines whether or not, no, I mean, it's still an RPG in a way, right? Mm. But the role we were playing is this kingdom, this land and its people. Well, I mean, I think you see this in complicated board games yeah. where, you know, a term ends up being, you know, you have to flip back a couple pages to be like, wait, so where, you know, where do I get cursed barbarians from again? Oh, cursed is a game term too. So they're not just that they're cursed. They're not cursed barbarians in brackets. They're cursed in brackets, barbarians in brackets. They are cursed barbarians. Right. Barbarians, which is a game term, who have been cursed, which is a game term. Right. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's what's so vital so often is the fact that there are things that work terminology-wise in board games, in video games, in movies, and in television, in fiction, that do not work at the table because people have to spontaneously generate sentences around this game on the fly while playing it to make the game go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's great fun using jargon. And sometimes you're saying, wait, did you mean... Did you mean a barbarian or did you mean a barbarous spirit? Because those are two different things in this game. Right. Or, yeah. Or <laughs> did you did you mean an all role or all or roles. All people roles? All, all roles. Right. Or all of the all roles. Right. <laughs> so we are, you know, exaggerating this to, to make the point. But you see this conversation all the time of mm-hmm. not only like, oh, this game like capitalizes all these words. And it's like hard to read because there are so many capitalized words in the middle of paragraphs. And that is not how we usually see text so it's hard to parse anymore right two this game uses words that have like a a natural meaning in a way that does not correspond to their natural meaning right so now it's hard for me to remember what it means because i think it means what it means not what the game says it uh two this is a silly name because we all know we all know what the gm is why does the gm have a silly name right those are like three pain points for jargon terminology in games the roads to those places to those <laughs> intersections of pain is different from game to game right because how much is so i, I i've had arguments for people tell me th- you get three capitalized words a game sure right yeah. of course it's that's you can't people, yeah, people yeah, have yeah. arbitrary thresholds for what's appropriate right and but one of the examples that i use we use this in, in things we think about games that i always that i love is in ars magica where there's the ease factor and the higher something is, the higher the ease factor, the more difficult the task. So you mean the difficulty? Now, part of it is because the term has been around in many ways longer than the, than the default notion of the term difficulty. But also I'm like, no, higher numbers mean more of something. Mm-hmm. If the ease factor goes up, it should get easier. Right. It's, it has greater ease. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny is I may be misremembering actually how that number works, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm not. And my point is, is that I can't remember if I'm misremembering because the term doesn't work. Just call it a difficulty. Right. Ease factor is not a, we have a term for that in English. It's difficulty. (laughs) So how difficult a thing is. How can you tell when you should invent or construct jargon for your game? I check Twitter. Other than asking Twitter. Not that there's like a checkbox like, oh, this is when you should do it. But yeah, when, when you're revising your game text and you're trying to pull out game specific concepts so that they're easily referenced remembered understood and used as they are intended yeah 
do those all become capitalized terms? Do they become some other shorthand? Do they? I use two pretty traditional English language notions in ways that are not terribly traditional in role-playing games, which is to say that I capitalize stuff that I believe to be proper nouns or that I believe will be proper nouns in the instance of play, which is to say, and not always, but that's one of those candidates that makes it something that capitalized. Like the difficulty. The, the, the difficulty, well, also because it's a game term and I want to be able to use the word difficulty to mean the difficulties of running this empire as opposed to meaning the game term. Mm -hmm. So I will capitalize it to separate it from the general use term. So we get two use, so that now that job that that word can do two jobs. But part of it also is a matter of if I think that there's only one game master at the table, I may capitalize game master or whatever the you know whatever the word is um, to indicate that there is one of them. But I will not capitalize player or player character because there's multiple of them, hmm. even though the, the abbreviation is sure capitalized as an abbreviation. Um, but I'll do that to indicate that there is right that is the, the game for the same reason I got in the argument about whether or not we should still be capitalizing the word internet. Well, there's only one of them, and so for the same reason that we capitalize Everest, we will capitalize internet. Right or wrong, that is one of the ways that I choose to do it. Like, mm -hmm. or consistent or inconsistent, or, or by which I mean with consistent with the public at large or whatever, that's how I choose to do it. The other way is that, and I do this in Odyssey, but I don't think it's actually very successful in Odyssey. I think it's too much the way I did it in Odyssey is I will use everything from phoneme to syllable count to indicate when words are related to each other when they could otherwise, when I could otherwise choose other words. So for example, mm -hmm. um, the champion and the challenger are roles to the table, right? Because they're about the same. I could have it be, you know, you could have the, the the hero and the villain. And hero and villain are two different, which is not how it works in that game, but hero and villain are two very different sounding words, I think probably for a reason. And that serves great purpose when the, when they when, for sounding different. We understand from their from their natural definitions how they interact. Mm -hmm. But if I say champion and challenger, it indicates, first of all, that neither one has to be heroic, neither one has to be villainous. But also the, the, the CH sound and the length of the words Right, creates little mm -hmm. connections, mental connections to them, and the fact that they have things in common. They are comp yeah. they are nouns. They interact in this way, and so the challenger can set the difficulty. And for a while, it was that the challenger determines the challenge rating. But I'm like, challenge rating is, is a two, it's too specific. It's almost a TM. It's almost a trademark name. It's a D and D term. So I took that out, and then challenger lingered. And I thought about changing it a bunch, and I didn't. Maybe I should. Whatever. We'll see. But uh, uh, but these are some of the things that I think about when mm -hmm. trying to figure out some of the jargon and how those words interact, and also. To me, it's a, it's a tool of scale, which is how epic or how much of a saga, how, you know, like, so the difference between saying player character or investigator, mm. or because in Trail of Cthulhu, the player characters are investigators. And that, um, that emphasizes throughout the entire run of the game line, what the characters are and what they do. Like, I mean, in, in worldwide wrestling, I call them wrestlers. Right. You exactly. are a player, you play a wrestler. And, and because your game not only knows very well, well, you know very well what it's about, and the game knows what it's about, mm. and that helps underline it that it almost says, right, by the way, if you're playing somebody who's not a wrestler, you have kind of gone, you've kind of left the warranty. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And also, you know, it's a, a expansive definition, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's, if you're playing a character, like, when you make a character, they are a wrestler in the eyes of the game, even if they're a manager. Yeah, but I also use that in the text to differentiate from the player character that's mm -hmm. a wrestler yeah and then anything else is a is a npw a non-player wrestler i and that's what's funny is uh, i i give a lot of thought to and, and you know it's interesting because it didn't bother me i didn't even i didn't even think about it that much in worldwide wrestling when reading it about the fact that npw doesn't bother me because it's consistent with the whole game hmm. but like in feng shui we used gmc gm character instead of pc and i debated whether or not to have a term for npcs in dark and mm -hmm. i and, or whether or not to use the term npc because the one of the things that bothers me is because the GM is a player, 
So sure. they're, they're all player characters yeah, in yeah, a way, yeah. but which is, you know, whatever. But again, with the momentum and everybody knows, I mean, NPC, for all that it has diverse meanings throughout video games and everything, we understand roughly what it means is yeah. people who are not one of our avatars, one yeah. of our singular avatars. Well, that's the thing. Like when you depart, because that's one reason for those pain points, right? Yeah. When you depart from kind of like the culturally dominant definition, especially of an abbreviation, yeah, then it feels a little weird unless it's in a consistent setup of other phrasing. I, I think it really is that, that players have, new players to a new game have a certain distance that they not even are willing, but are able to travel to learn a new game. Mm-hmm. They have, it's a cognitive issue again. How much do I, can I understand and relearn and learn anew? And it's one thing to come to an RPG, come to D&D for the first time and learn PC and NPC or whatever you're coming to, or come mm-hmm. to 13th Age or come to Worldwide Wrestling or anything, right? And start with those particular terms. But to relearn terms almost needlessly asks me to go back mm-hmm. over ground that I went over before, right? To back up before I come I into mean, the house. Like I talk to people who use DM to yeah. refer to every game. That's oh, been sure. Real, right? Because yeah. you grew up playing D&D and they're the DM. And that's just... I hear for what's why, worth. Why bother? Why change right. what you already know? We all know what you mean. Right. Well, and, and in some games, GM has actually a different role, not in just tabletop RPGs, but in mm-hmm. like your World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. where the GM and Blizzard are two very different roles. And Blizzard is more akin to the DM of World of Warcraft than the GMs are to the GMs of a tabletop game. Sure. I mean, it's like anything else. It's a, it's a spectrum of how much utility you get out of creating and using jargon terms, mm-hmm. how much atmosphere you get out of creating and using jargon Very terms, much, yeah, yeah. and how much difficulty you create in comprehension, right. creating and using jargon terms. And those are three meters that, that line up differently for, for every game, for every designer, like your priority of what you care about. Like I tend to go atmosphere first and then scale it back because I've mm-hmm. created sentences that don't make any sense. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. Like unwieldy. Uh, like, for example, again, back with the wrestling game, originally the player characters were talent. That's a wrestling mm-hmm. jargon term. So I referred to players, talent, uh, non-talent, wrestlers, and some other stuff. But but talent is both a uh, 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 singular and a plural noun. So you refer to your talent would be your character or the talent would be the entire roster All of characters. Right, 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 right. So through the editing process, it was like, wow, this is really creating some really unwieldy sentences. <laughs> subject-object agreement and just kind of like weird sentences that sounded like they were talking around something even though they weren't. So uh, with my editor, I was just like, I think I'm just going to just use wrestler instead of talent. And then it's wrestler wrestlers and whatever. And he's like, yeah, you should do that. So I went through and took it all out and changed it to the, the normal word that everyone understands and everything works much better. Even though I had to abandon a in-genre jargon word that makes total sense when you're talking and having a, a, a informal conversation. I was gonna say, which you can still use in game at the table, mm-hmm. it just isn't a game term now. Right. Yeah, and yeah. that's a big difference, I think, since RP, tabletop RPGs, the conversation is the technology, is the console. The language is machinery that makes them run. Wanting a word to be said a lot at the table sometimes means do not make it a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Right, like adventure is not actually a game term in D&D. It's a product term sometimes in different shapes and different editions. Right? What is an adventure? Well, how do you know when an adventure ends? A lot of there's no necessarily mechanical. There can be XP budgets and stuff, or whatever. But right. things that can contribute. Yeah, like but, the encounter. Yeah, that is a, a game. That's thing. A pretty much a game term, right? But and it means something different than to encounter a monster is not necessarily an right. encounter. Or in fifth edition, like uh, advantage. 
yeah. is a game term. Has become a game term. While disadvantage as well. Yeah. And disadvantage while just like talking about like, oh, we have an advantage over him or I, or I want to gain an advantage over the beholder or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, that's a case from what I, I understand of how the mechanic works because I still haven't played where they're very close. Like it's very easy to, to turn a conversation of how do we get advantage over the beholder to how do I have capital A advantage when I make a roll against the beholder. And it's worth noting that, that the term, the usage of the term is actually what makes it jargon. There's no capital A or capital D and advantage disadvantage in D and D five, which I think is very clever to making it easier to, easier to learn. Mm-hmm. The difference is between advantage as a state. There's, you either have it's advantage or you don't. So yeah, which is interesting because it makes it very subtle, but it also makes it very fast to hear and talk mm-hmm. about and learn. Yeah, and people, I mean, that's kind of in the conversations about it since people have been playing, a lot of it's like, oh, it make, it's great. Right? Yeah. Like it's, it's easy, we need, it makes yeah. sense, it's intuitive, like yeah. all that stuff that you want your game to kind of have in, yeah. in some of its core mechanisms. The terms that you choose for things like attributes or mm-hmm. or things that are qualities or characteristics in a game but are not necessarily character attributes. But I was watching a game designer on Twitter um, and very, I mean, it was, it was a very happy experience, but was on Twitter kind of testing out some uh, attribute names for a, for a game that they're working on and was saying, you know, what are these three words? If they're all, they're, I'm talking about one attribute here, but I have these three words, which, which one do you like and why or whatever, and just toss it around. And this is non-binding, right? It's not like Twitter's gonna make this decision for the designer, but it's information that the designer has now. Mm-hmm. But things like, you know, what's the difference between like, uh, I have a game where strength is both, covers what in D&D would be strength and constitution. Because I, I think about all the times when in drama, people say, you know, oh, you know, she's, 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 she's a fighter. She's strong. She's not going to quit. She's not going to give up. And they could be talking about an interrogation or a fight scene or a disease or whatever. And that strength means something different than just a feat of physical prowess, right. but that, that it almost always means strength, uh, physical strength to some capacity, but it can mean endurance, it can mean constitution, it can mean wherewithal, all these things. And sometimes I intentionally, when, when working on a game, will intentionally push the definition of a word back towards its casual common parlance usage. Mm-hmm. as much as I can. And very much like you say, where I'll push it around and then walk it back. Like, especially in, in design, I push things for atmosphere and stuff too far and then I, and then I rope them back in because to me that's the easier way to find out where the sweet spot is mm-hmm. than it is to just keep inching forward and then, because I'm, what, it's what's going to happen anyway. Is that yeah. sooner or later I'm going to go too far and then have to back up and be like, all right, well, that's term is stuck. Might as well do it on purpose. I might as well do it on purpose. Um, also because I love, I like certain, certain degrees of kind of purple prose and, and big yeah. florid filigreed stuff, but not as much as but I also really like brevity. At the same time, I enjoy both of them. And this is my way to have, to have my cake and eat it too, is to be really verbose and then trim. Mm-hmm. Finding those terms says a lot about what the game cares about, says a lot about what, the, what you want the player to care about. And also when, when you have attributes that are different, if you will, shapes, I'm, I should make scare quotes around that. So in some games, right, some people, for some players, charisma is a, a dump status, they say. It's where they just toss the role that they don't want, the number they don't want. Um, and in some DD campaigns, it's not true, but it means that the, that that despite the six stats being the same for so many years, they're not actually the same shapes, or rather, they're mutable. They can be stretched and and, and reordered a little bit and changed, so that they're not just six equal c- circles, barely overlapping or not overlapping at all. Different campaigns can stretch or, or change the shape to say, in this campaign, dexterity is going to be really really important because we have firearms or because we have a lot of running and jumping on chandeliers or whatever it is. And that's in, that's true, I think, of any game where it doesn't necessarily matter that, that all the stats are the equal size or that the words represent or depict that they're an equal size as much as what the stat, what the words can be depicting is this stat, though it will only come up if your character uses magic, 
is really important because magic is super powerful in the setting. You know, like a, yeah. a magic stat is, is tells me almost nothing in a lot of games. Well, the difference between but, magic, sorcery, eldritch, yeah, uh, a demonic pact, yeah, like arcana. Yeah. You know, these could all be the same mechanic, but you are clearly positioning use of that stat or attribute or whatever, right? To look and feel different, and for and and. And to make it more or less appealing for a individual person to want to right. do that. Like, uh, wizards are boring. I don't like playing wizards. But Demon Pact. Oh, I'm, this warlock. Yeah, I'm interested yeah, in that. I'm all over Demon Pact, right? Even though yeah. that functionally can be equivalent. And, and and part of that is where if, it, if your game doesn't think it's weird to have three physical stats, but it thinks it's weird to have three social stats, which is fine. I mean, it depends what your game's about, but that's telling something to the player. Right. If there's one social stat and it's a dump stat, then it's like, all right, so that's not what we'll be doing. Or if it's what stats are given physical names for stats that you're like, really, that's a physical stat? Really? I think I think I'm supposed to think of that as a physical stat, even though like if, if it was just called what's this a phrenology term for just the size of the brain, you know, just the, cran- <laughs> the cranium's mass. Sure. Right. Yeah. So if that if we use that instead of intelligence, I'd be like, OK, yeah, so cranial, cranial diameter. Cran- yeah. If, if, if cranial mass or skull diameter mm-hmm. is the stat for intelligence, I could, well, so I get what kind of game this is. Right. But if you're playing, yeah, like a like a phrenology. CSI Victoriana. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe that's in, in genre and in keeping with the atmosphere that you're, that you're creating. The question being if atmosphere is more important or as important or whatever to everything else that you have on the table. Yeah. I guess if you end up using a word that sounds, that, that sounds nice and you're not actually sure where it comes from or what it means entirely, maybe look it up. Always. Yes. Look right. it up. Oh, well, especially if somebody else has to learn it, they're going to look it up. So you should look sure. it up. <laughs> yeah. You should have a sense of what they're going to find out when they go to look up a term. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're doing a period, you know, like if you're yeah. doing a historical period thing and you're like, oh. This term isn't defensive now, but it turns out it was when the game was set or, or, what, or vice versa. Right. Like, More I'm often think, vice versa. Right. Yeah, like kind yeah. of the example I'm thinking of is like, oh, well, this, this game has uh, a gypsy class. Right. right? And it's like. Right. Uh, maybe look that up. Yeah, maybe. And why? Well, yeah, maybe think very carefully well, about. Yeah, I understand yeah. in the 1890s, like that's the language that was used at the time. But but no matter how hard you try, that game is not going to be played in the 1890s. So right. maybe think about how. Right. So maybe think about how you can uh, approach that a little. Um, and for any, and for anyone who ever feels because I've I've heard the argument honestly and earnestly made, which is that redefining terms is it can be in some ways and sometimes this is true, but redefining terms can be insidious. Um, intentionally or otherwise. I think more often it's insidious when it's unintentional. When somebody is taking, say, a real word from a vanished or vanishing culture and giving it a new name without appreciating the effects that that can have. But in this case, what I mean is that if I have to learn these terms anyway and you're thinking about making me learn a term, then you have choices between like make me learn a made-up term, make me learn something real about my world I didn't know, or make me learn a fictional, a fake use of a real word. The one that is most, that is least effective in every way is that third one. Make me redefine a term I already know for no gain. Where in other words, it's a real term, but I didn't know that before. And I'm going to use it in a way that has nothing to do or very little to do with its original actual use on this planet. You're asking me both to relearn a term and to confuse myself when I encounter that term somewhere else for a benefit that is identical at best to just making me learn a made up word, right? Mm -hmm. So redefining a word, it's not that it's, verboten it's not that it's not allowed but it's it's usually in my experience costly for no effect for for no additional effect well and it comes from a at least like to me it it comes from a place of like oh that sounds cool 
Right. Right. And a little, so it's like if, if which, which, which could be, uh, could which be, be true. Flattery. Yeah. It could be true. And, and it can be felt as flattering mm-hmm. when you're transmitting that feeling. <laughs> right. Like, like everything else. Like when you, when you make a, a, a decision about something, have a round of your design process where you go back and go like, why did I choose that again? Yeah. Maybe I should check. What I am I getting for it? Yeah. I, I, I'm inheriting this from some other game that I actually don't know where it's from originally. May I'll just look it up and see if they made it up or yeah. if it's from something. Like, I think that happened. I mean, there's, there's words, uh, there's words I only know because of playing vampire vicissitude. And then someone used it at some point. And I was like, Oh, I actually have no idea what that means outside of the context right. of that game. And right. so I went and looked it up. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that is not a, like an offensive term or anything, but right, but but would it been, could be, but and one, it's just as easy to guess that it's a made up word because I've never heard it before, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or right. it could have just been made up. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, and so that yeah, I, exactly. I agree that that whole notion of making the most informed decision that you can make and being able to decide, making almost everything that makes it into your game as much as you can control, a decision. And sometimes uh, this jargon and terminology stuff, you can get lucky and sometimes you can, and sometimes it is skill, but skill in one battle does not mean skill in another one, but where you can get terms that correspond or that work out that people just say, just latch onto those terms and they can use them very organically. And then you stop and you go, did you realize that these term, that these two words in this game mean the same thing and that you have no problem dif- telling them apart? Mm-hmm. No, whatever, that's fine. It's just, it's good design. And my feeling is half the time, that's exactly half the time that's good design and exactly half the time that's luck. And we, nobody can ever tell which is which, and we'll never be able to know well, because we've all had times where we've won or lost based on luck or not luck well, now with you're, those terms. Now you're exposing the business, which is that <laughs> half the time when you've successfully designed a game, it's because you lucked out on most of it. Right. Because you because the, well, or, uh, the only reason that game design doesn't take forever, by it's which be- I mean literally that it ever stops, mm-hmm. is because lucky connections get made and you fall yep. backwards into stuff that ends up... Because one idea leads organically to another one, and that can be transmuted or transmitted to others through jargon and terminology, through the language. You're listening to the Design Games Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating or review on your pod listening apparatus of choice. Find our complete back catalog of previous episodes, show notes, and ephemera at designgamespodcast.com. What do people even say at the end of a podcast? What happens if it just...